Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Dear Writer. Uh, Welcome to returning listeners or any new listeners that we might have. So today we are doing our main episode and we are on to episode 12. So, and today we're going to be talking about perspectives in writing and why we choose the perspectives that we have for our books and just sort of having a discussion about the different pros and cons of different perspectives and yeah. I'm quite looking forward to it. It should be a really interesting discussion. Yes, I'm really excited too. Should we have a discussion about first how we're going with our writing? We haven't, it feels like ages since we've done one of these now that we're recording (laughs) weekly and these main episodes are monthly. It's like monthly updates. But so Ashley, how's your writing been going? Uh, it's been going pretty good. I want to know if it's been going pretty good. I think we're, we've both written about four chapters each of our yes, new book. Yep. So we're making some progress. I like that there are two of us writing it because like, even though I've only written four chapters, we actually have eight chapters. So yes. it feels like you make a lot of progress, which is good, especially when, you know, writing sometimes a bit up and down. Especially with this book, I feel like it is a little bit slower than what I would usually expect to be outputting with other books, but because we have to research so much for every chapter, I think it's very helpful having another person, even just to like bounce research back and forth. We've been doing a bit of that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Like, oh, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to remember what happened last time. I think I had finished or I was at least writing. I've written two chapters from one particular character's perspective. Since then, I have had to change characters, which has meant finding voice for a different character who's one in a different time period and two, an entirely different age and different life stage and different everything. So that was a little bit of a challenge. I struggled quite a lot with his first chapter mostly because all of my other chapters had been in the past and then I had to jump to the present. So it was a bit jarring, but I got through that one. I think all right, but now I've had to go back to the past again. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been a little bit slower, mostly because it's quite a lot of research to do. It basically involves this character walking up to an old city, which it turns out there's a lot of research involved in finding what exactly that's going to look like. But I finally got in there. He's through the city gates now. And now looking at the city, which has also taken an incredible amount of research to figure out what it would have looked like. So hopefully now that that's out of the way, it should be smooth sailing for the last uh, four, uh, probably 500 words, Mm -hmm. which should be good. What about you? How's your writing been going? It's been going pretty good. So I did a chapter with our character in the present. So that didn't take too much research at all. It was fairly easy going. I've mainly just been slowed down by like other things, not including not in my writing life, trying Mm -hmm. to get my registration for nursing and that kind of thing is speeding up at this point. And hopefully I'm going to be employable soon, but yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Because I felt like whenever I sat down, I at least managed to output probably about 500 words a time. So I did get through it pretty quick, but I wasn't writing every day. So There was a little bit of research that I had to do actually um, surrounding the city that our character is in. 
and trying to work out different locations and mm-hmm. a generalized view, people's views of different parts of the city and stuff and what yeah yeah so that was kind of interesting but then also I've been editing my own book which should hopefully be ready for Ashley to beta read soon so I'm really excited about that just got like a couple of small inconsistencies that I need to fix. (laughs) I went through over the last couple of days and fixed up most of the really easy stuff because I couldn't be bothered thinking too hard about trying to fix (laughs) the harder stuff. And then now I've got about like five or six slightly trickier points to work through. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, oh, how am I supposed to fix that problem? I'm at that point with the manuscript where I I just don't want to see it again. And I'm sure there's going to be inconsistencies, Ashley. So (laughs) don't expect it to be perfect. That's what I'm there for though, right? Yeah. I can't see it anymore. So I'm hoping if I give it to you, then it gives me time for it to rest and I don't have to yeah. look at it for a while while you read it so don't feel like you need to read it super fast or anything I'll be quite happy to have a break <laughs> sounds good I'm really looking forward to reading it I'm very right, interested yeah. to see what you've done because I've obviously heard little tidbits about it through like just talking to you generally and through our discussions on the podcast so I'm really interested to see how it has all come together yeah yeah it- Especially the first part I feel like is done very well. I think the middle third of it gets a little bit twisty. Not so that it's hard to follow, but there's a lot of different pieces to it where that's why I'm finding some inconsistencies because oh, it's a psychological thriller kind of like mystery thing. So, you know, there's some red herrings and stuff and then trying to make the red herrings make sense. And then I try, you know, I tried to link everything up in the end so that even though they're red herrings, they still kind of add to the plot, if that makes sense. And right. So trying to twist that all into something that makes a, a coherent narrative is a little bit challenging. <laughs> yes. It sounds challenging. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I read it and I'm like, this is too complicated, but... I think it's all right. I guess we'll see how it comes through when I read it, which will yes, be yeah, should be good. Anyways, <laughs> should we move on to our main discussion regarding perspectives? Yes, let's do it. So to start, I thought we should probably quickly go over what point of view is, and particularly why why do we even need to have this discussion in the first place? So why it's important and why it's something you probably should you know put a bit of thought into before you embark on writing an entire novel in your chosen perspective yeah so I think point of view is pretty much the narrator's position in relation to the story so it's the voice basically of our story that's not to be confused with the writer's tone for example and the sound of the story this is more who is telling the story and who they're going to be telling it to and why is it important? Because it is how the reader experiences the world that you've created in your book, which is basically the whole point of writing a novel in the first place. So the point of view that you end up choosing really determines how any readers understand the story that you've written. And there are a few main point of views I think Sarah is going to give us a brief overview about. Yeah, so there is three points. Uh, First person is the first one where one of the character narrates the story and using like they're talking to you at a cafe or something and saying this is 
what happened to me. I don't know, like an example might be, I didn't know what to say. So I dug my hands into the pockets of my jacket and looked at her with sympathy, which is an example from our book, When the Rain Falls. And then there is second person, which uses the you pronoun. And it's most common in nonfiction Um, It's kind of like us having a conversation with you, our audience on the podcast, you know, we we're using you to try and include you, but (laughs) a fiction example would be, but what you are left with is a premonition of the way your life will fade behind you, like a book you have read too quickly, leaving a dwindling trail of images and emotions until all you can remember is a name which is from Bright Lights, Big City by Jay McInery. If someone writes a novel in second person, hats off to you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think it's not used very much because that usually when people are reading a novel in fiction, they're wanting to feel like they're part of the novel. So when you start referring to someone in terms of you and this happens, like it, In some ways, it does include the reader, but in other ways, it reminds you that you're not there, if that makes sense. (laughs) Like, it's easier to to feel a part of the action rather than having the narrator refer to you all the time. You're like, in the eyes of the character. But for that reason, because it's not used very much, we probably won't discuss it from this point forward. If you want to look it up, then great. I'm sure there's (laughs) lots of information from different sources on the internet. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're not going to go into that today. I'm imagining a second person novel as one of those choose your own adventure books. Yeah, that is where it's used often. It'll be like, turn to page 188 if you chose this option. (laughs) You get to a door. Do you open it? Yes, turn to page 51. No, continue on. (laughs) Did you ever try any, just just as a side thing, did you ever try any of the like R.L. Stein um, adventure horror things as a child? I never did, no. It was amazing. I died like every time though, every storyline. I'd be like, oops, no, too bad. I'm dead. (laughs) Choose different next time. (laughs) But yes, I mean, they can be a lot of fun, but it's not your traditional way of reading a book. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) So the next one is third person, where the author narrating the story is relying on third person pronouns like he and she, e.g. he started down the worn path with the mountain at his back, which is actually from our current historical fiction novel. So there's a random sentence (laughs) for you. (laughs) But yeah, there is quite a few different ways of using third person which actually I think is going to explain a bit more about yeah so there's three main ones which would be third person limited third person objective and then third person omniscient so third person limited it's very similar to first person so the view that you have of the novel is limited to only one character which is usually the protagonist not always It just depends how your story is going to go. And like first person, the story is confined to the knowledge and perspective of that one character. So we know the experiences of that character. We know, you know, we can get their backstory. We know how they feel, but we can't really go outside of that person's view of the world. And then we have third person objective where the narrator pretty much just tells us what the characters are doing rather than 
deep diving into their thoughts and things. Hemingway occasionally uses this technique as well, but it's not particularly common, so we probably won't go into this one too much. Uh, and then we have third person omniscient, which is told by the all-seeing narrator. as often called the God perspective. And this narrator knows everything about all the characters. He knows how they're all connected. He can tell us all about their childhoods, their feelings, all of their motivations. So an example of this would be from the novel Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. So it goes, Lydia is dead, but they don't know this yet. 1977, May, 6.30 in the morning. No one knows anything but this innocuous fact. Lydia is late for breakfast. So yeah, I guess now that you kind of know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about, we can probably jump more into the discussion now about pros and cons. thought it's probably best to, we'll start with first person, I think, and maybe just yeah. move through um, the main perspectives and just have a little bit of a chat about the advantages and disadvantages of using them and then relating them to our experiences. Because we've actually used probably all three to some extent, uh, so yeah. we can kind of offer how we feel <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of offer how we feel it's gone <laughs> kind of <laughs> Sarah what well our our teen fiction series is written in the first person so we have a we can have quite a bit to say about using first person as a yeah. uh, point of view what do you think some of the advantages of using it are I think it does create quite an intimate connection with your readers because it kind of as, as I said before it feels like you're at, a, like, say, a coffee shop and you're having a chat to your best friend and they're telling you about something that happened to them and it's like a first-hand experience and you can go very deep into the character's emotions and thoughts using first-person compared to using third-person where even though you might use the character's thoughts, it's a, a bit more limited and a bit more objective than in first person where you're in the character's mindset when you're writing and you're kind of writing to the reader from the character's direct point of view. So I think that's a huge advantage to getting everything that the character is feeling across. And I think that's why it's often used in teen fiction because often at that age range, they'll quite relate well to a first-person narrator. So you'll find that a lot of teen fiction is written in first-person. And I think we quite naturally chose it. It's often a perspective that people use when they're first getting into writing because it's quite easy to find your voice using that perspective because you can just imagine that you're the character and how you would say it and so you do sort of tend to get a bit of the author's tone coming through I guess but yeah also I think we'll explain a little bit more shortly about um why we and how we chose first person for our teen series because that does have a bit of a story too <laughs> it does <laughs> I definitely agree with how first person feels a lot more personal and I find well I really love first person as a point of view I know there are a lot of people out there that really hate it but but for me personally I, I really really like it I always feel like I'm a lot more in the story connected with the characters and I also find that 
by virtue of that, you're able to really develop your characters, I think, because mm-hmm. the readers are able to get a really good handle on who they are, what their backstory is, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I guess it also, I find, builds a lot of intrigue in your stories. Obviously, because it's such a limited view and you're getting the thoughts from the character directly, the character doesn't know one, they don't know all the information, and two, because it is quite a biased view of the world. You're getting, a, I guess, a skewed perspective of the story from them, yeah. which allows you as a reader to keep, uh, sorry, as a writer to keep your reader guessing, questioning motives and events, like, is what they're telling me the truth? Is it not the truth? What's actually happening? And I, I do quite like the being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really use it to your advantage when you're writing writing your novels. Yeah, I would agree. And that's something that I've certainly used in like particularly the one that I've been writing by myself because it's a sort of unreliable narrator. So I kind of chose just to have the one first person perspective throughout the entire book, which is a bit different from, because we sometimes use multiple, which I don't know whether we'll have time to talk about this later, but, you know, adding in multiple perspectives and then keeping the first viewpoint is what we did for our teen series. And that's becoming a lot more common. And I find that you can kind of create what's called dramatic irony with using this technique where the characters don't know what's going on because, and you get their perspective of it very clearly of what they think is happening. But then when you combine that with, Um, like multiple perspectives throughout the book then the readers know exactly what's happening (laughs) but there's this sort of discrepancy in the information that the readers and the characters have so you can get those sort of situations where the reader's going oh no no don't do that We do that a lot in our teen fiction series yeah yeah I think the nature of having first person with multiple perspective kind of lends itself well to that so if you're if you like creating those situations where you have the readers biting their nails like oh god this is going downhill then it's a very good way of doing it especially I remember a few times in our teen fiction I'll be you know editing and I'm like oh Dylan you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have said that that's such a terrible thing to say because you know exactly how Lizzie's feeling and you know exactly you know what's going on in her mind and then you're like oh you can just see how badly it's going to go for them. I think that's also an advantage is that when your characters do do something you know they make a mistake they do something that's not very advisable uh, <laughs> and it could, you know, it has the the risk of becoming like putting your readers off and being like, oh, I don't really like this character very much. But then when you get next into the character's head, then you can kind of make it make more sense <laughs> and you redeem them. <laughs> I guess you can explain directly, explain direct, like exactly why they've done it. And you can kind of, I guess, see common ground with them. So they're not such... <laughs> Not such a douche. Yeah. So that is another benefit, I think. And want to I would agree. talk about, so I, I don't know how much you remember, Ashley, about <laughs> how we actually chose to do the first person perspective for our teen series. I don't remember a lot. 
Um, I know we've had this discussion once before, briefly, not about perspectives, but how it happened. Um, and I actually had totally forgotten about it until you brought it up. But I know we were given an assignment to write some story about what exactly about war. I don't 100% remember. Yeah, so I want to explain this because it is kind of interesting. I think people fall into writing perspectives for different reasons. And as I said, we were probably attracted to it because we were very new writers. We were teens ourselves at the time. So it probably had a little bit to do with what we were reading as well. But we were actually given a homework assignment by our social studies teacher. And the assignment was to come up with a sort of piece of writing, of creative writing about imagining if we were if we had to escape from our own country because of war basically trying to put ourselves in the perspective of refugees and immigrant like immigrating from countries into different countries I don't know that we really covered the becoming an immigrant to a new country very well in our story um (laughs) we certainly covered the becoming a, a refugee and escaping the current country thing a little bit more but there were actually four of us and originally I had feel a bit weird to admit this but then the characters have changed substantially but because this assignment was putting ourselves into that situation the characters were actually us originally yes which yeah you can see (laughs) certain qualities have stayed the same and I think writers always input a certain amount of themselves into their characters regardless anyways so yeah and we we did this assignment we had a really great time doing it and we had to read it out to the class and they were all quite interested and on the edges of their seats so me and Ashley decided to continue it and make it into a novel, which is where the idea originated, which is why there's these different perspectives as well, because originally there were two other girls who were doing the assignment with us and they chose not to continue and make it into a book, but we kept the original four perspectives and then added a couple of more ones as well. So that is the story of how that book came to be. (laughs) (laughs) and why we chose first person because originally it was us writing ourselves (laughs) oh dear they're so different now do you still have a copy of the original story i have the original like first draft completed copy but not like the original original clear file written by hand copy which i think you have which is what i have (laughs) yeah it's always a good laugh isn't it yes it is feeling down bring out that book (laughs) We actually have all three of the well, I have all three of the original Claire files. It's pretty, pretty entertaining. What's even more entertaining? I like how one of them you've written if stolen, return to Sarah Anderson APR, I think. That must have been your yeah, that home was my, room. my homeroom. That's like because people are really gonna steal a Claire file of a half work, like half finished teen fiction novel, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I didn't even know that it had that on there. That's funny. I'll send you. I'll have to send you a picture later, but it's pretty funny. I'm pretty sure it had little like animated. You you drew pictures of us. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. It's it's pretty amazing. Hilariously, also my writing as an adult is much worse than my handwriting as a teenager. I've noticed. I looked at my like, wow, my writing as a teenager is so nice, and I look at mine now. I'm like, oh, it's illegible. 
I think mine's much the same. Our writing styles kind of merged over the years that we were doing that. So if you see mine and Ashley's writing now, it's very similar. Although I think yours is slightly more scrawly now, whereas mine's kind of kept the original. Because <laughs> obviously we stopped writing by hand. So yeah. mine kind of merged to Ashley's to a point. And then when we stopped by hand, it's just kind of kept static. <laughs> We should pull it back to pros yes. and cons, perhaps. Well, I feel a lot of the cons are, I guess they can also be like pros, if that make, yeah. makes any sense. It, it depends on your, your story and what you want to portray, right? Yeah. Yeah, and what you're using it for. So I think the main one is you're really limited in the knowledge that you can give the reader, especially if you're only doing it from a single perspective. So because... You, you can only put across what the character puts across or the character knows it can be very limiting as to actually progressing your story forward it's probably one of the the main ones and then because you only have one voice you're really only limited you're limited to that voice so you better make sure your character's <laughs> not annoying really interesting not boring uh, otherwise I think it can wear on readers pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, but I think it's, I don't know if it is really a con. Well, I don't think it's a con that a lot of their view is biased, right? Because it's from their perspective yeah. exclusively. But I actually think that's, people say it's a con, but I feel like if you're choosing first person, you're choosing it because like, that's yeah, a factor yeah. in your decision. I would probably agree with that. But I... Yeah, I, I definitely relate to, I've heard some people say things like they feel like they're rattling around in their characters' brains and they can't get free or get their point across. So I think if, I would say if you're feeling trapped by the character's viewpoint, then maybe you need to think about like a, a different viewpoint or using... Mm -hmm. Like maybe third person omnipresent is more for you or something like that because you you still have that yeah problem to an extent with third person which we'll discuss but I think the other thing that I notice with just in terms of inconsistencies with first person is when you have to be a bit more creative and use different ways to describe your point of view character because they can't see themselves and that's one of the problems that I I think we've had occasionally with our series like oh when I'm editing I'll be like what <laughs> and it'll be something really small and innocuous but you do have to be really careful about it so for example instead of saying something like my face turned beetroot red like how do you know that your face is turning beetroot red like are you standing in front of a mirror? No. Then you probably can't say that, but you could say something like, I felt heat flood into my face. And the other thing is that they can't see behind them and they don't have eyes in the back of their heads. And <laughs> so you have to, when you're <laughs> writing from first person, you really have to realize that you, you have this one viewpoint from the character and you have to put yourself into not only the brain of that character, but the eyes of that character as well. Because I think I've had situations in our book where they'll be running and there'll be like someone behind them and it won't say, oh, you know, I turned and looked over my shoulder and saw it. It'll just be like, Grace 
tripped behind me or that's probably not a great example because he could maybe hear her trip but the the particular example I'm thinking of was in our second book I think it was to do with the expression on the character character's face behind him and I was like actually he can't see what's going on especially because he's running and he it was like uh no so you do have to really think about you know what can the character see if they're sitting on the ground and there's like windows up above them they're probably not going to be able to see out the window very well or like you know just things like that Mm -hmm. so I think that can be a disadvantage in some ways you just sort of have to get a bit creative with it it can also be yeah an advantage because again not having the information of what's going on you can't necessarily see what's going on can be can create like mystery right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think another this this one I found online and I'm kind of like still unsure about it but I can see where they're coming from and that it's hard to put in subplots when you have only one character's perspective which I can understand to an extent but I feel you could still do it there's ways which you can put in it depends on what kind of subplots you're talking about yeah I don't say if you wanted to create a subplot between two other characters and not like if you're creating subplots between your own character and another character then that's doable yeah definitely if you're trying to create like an in-depth subplot about you know a character over here and their love interest or something then you're gonna struggle to do that because it's not only about like how much your own character sees but it's also how much they care about that other subplot and if yeah if you want to do that then why aren't you writing it (laughs) <laughs> from that character's exactly. perspective like that's their story yeah that's, that's not the story you're telling right yeah exactly uh, to me subplots should always add to the plot like the main plot that you're yeah, creating like, and you so would... if you're creating a subplot that's got like nothing to do with the main character then you're probably trying to tell a different story right yeah or you've chosen the wrong perspective like yeah if you're yeah. wanting to do that or maybe you need two perspectives. I don't know. Like two characters that you're telling the story from. Yes. Which yeah. I guess is one way to get over some of these problems, right? And in some ways, you know, that's what we've done because we're using, again, you have the same issues as far as being contained within a character with third person limited because you still can't see outside the realms of where the character is. But, you know, like if you add those extra perspectives, you d- you can develop more of a subplot and we're doing that with our current book right yeah I think it's as I said there's is one more point I might add I was gonna say we actually find this happens quite a lot in our teen fiction series I don't think it's a con but it I think can be difficult for story progression because characters uh because you have a very they have a very specific voice and a very specific way of doing things sometimes you can't get across exactly what you want to get across because of the constraints of your character's personality for example we often have this in our teen fiction book where we want a character to do something but or say something or you know for example we want a view of a certain event let's say but some characters Mm -hmm. in our teen fiction book aren't actually suited to tell the reader effectively about that particular event so we carefully choose who we we put it through to for the best effect which I think can be a problem if you only have one character yeah where 
yeah, their idiosyncrasies prevent you from if you're you know doing it properly to like a true first person prevent you from actually getting across what you want yeah. to say yeah definitely um some characters you know they've all got their own things that's going on and especially if you put a character through like a certain amount of trauma then if something happens to someone else they're probably going to be less attuned to what's going on exactly and they're not going to be able to tell that aspect of the story very well, um, which we certainly had issues with in Darkness Set Us Free. <laughs> but then also it's, yeah, about which character is going to care most about the event that's happening. So when we do the multiple perspective, it, it gains, like it does give us the option of saying, oh, wait, you know, which character is this going to be most effective yeah. yeah and sometimes it's not the character who cares the most about it because if it, it can depend on like if you're putting a character through trauma and through something really terrible happening sometimes that character can be difficult to relay the information through and the events of what's happening because they get so stuck in that trauma mm-hmm. so sometimes we've been like well actually this character cares most about it, but let's revisit him later because he's going to be like overwhelmed by this event and let's use this character to show what's actually going on. Or, you know, we've, we've had that kind of situation as well. Yeah, definitely. Even minor things too. Like, you know, this character uh, would never notice this. So why would yeah. you write it so but it's a key thing so you need to use a different character just to like get that point across whatever it may be it's interesting I found like in darkness set us free that often in the earlier books it was often the guys who'd be doing the more actiony chapters it's not like stereotypical in the way that it related well for the characters at that period of time mm-hmm. but in the newer books that the girls are doing a lot of the action telling which is kind of cool. That is cool. That is cool. They're quite cool characters. Yeah. Flawed, but great. (laughs) (laughs) Should we move on to third person? Yes. I guess the best place to start is probably with third person limited because it's fairly similar to what we've sort of been chatting about with first person in that you're still limited to the perspective or what one particular character knows. Yeah. Personally, I think one of the benefits of it is you can kind of get the best of both worlds to an extent with respect to knowing both the character and uh, I guess the setting and outside world around them, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I guess sometimes can be a little a bit more challenging when you're in first person, but third person can help a bit. You can get more wide view of the world. I think like, like first person, it does allow for quite good character development because you're still it's not quite as intimate as first person but you still get the you know the thoughts and everything from your character really coming through what do you think I think third person is a lot more visual than first person so first person you've got all the thoughts of the character and it can be quite introspective you still get the visual going on but third person it's more like a difference so we describe first person as being being told the story by a friend whereas third person's a bit more like you're not necessarily the character's friend but you're there at the scene of the story and you're following this character around and so you begin to know the character 
and you can kind of see everything that's going on more like visually and yeah so you know like you still care about the character because you see them going through all this stuff but it's not as intimate as knowing every single one of the character's thoughts and feelings about the situation right yeah I think so I think so I guess in that same vein you're not like we just talked about you're not limited by the character's tone and nuances and things so you are able to I think better describe what's going on around the character too which then like helps it be a more visual way of telling a story I think Mm -hmm. how about we talk about uh why we chose to use third person for our current book I think that really plays on what you've you mentioned about it being more uh, we needing more description so we're setting our book in I think a bit more of a complex world than our teen fiction was set in and it, I think it required more world building to take place right from the start and yeah. I think first person would likely have limited a little bit what we were trying to achieve mm-hmm. mostly because well, there would be one very obvious person to choose for first person. And I don't think he would have been able to, I guess, set up the world enough for readers to really invest in it, I think. That's probably how I would say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think this is kind of a thought that I've had for a little bit. It's hard to put words to this thought, let's see. <laughs> so I think when you're putting characters into a setting that is not the real world. I'm not saying that you can't use first person. And I'm sure there are plenty of great examples of like fantasy and sci-fi and all that in first person. But I feel like, especially for historical fiction to an extent, and this is how I feel when I write, is that if I'm trying to describe a world that's not exactly like our own sometimes I feel almost a disconnection from first person which sounds really strange I know (laughs) just bear with me for a second but the thing is that those people from those different worlds may think a little differently to how we think today and so for our historical fiction even though you know we're still using the thoughts of these characters and like third person limited and stuff like it's not as intrusive as going into a historical character's mind and constantly using their thoughts to portray the situation to me that would be really difficult because the culture is so different that trying to describe that would just be such a huge challenge I'm not sure that I I don't think I could do a good job of it no I would I would agree, especially, I think especially with historical fiction, because it is a world that existed and all of these characters are people that existed and it's a culture that mm-hmm. existed. So you really want to make sure that you're giving, even though it was from so long ago, at least a relatively true picture of what that culture was. Whereas yeah. I feel like in fantasy, you've made up the world. So if you're doing first person in fantasy, you, well, you know what the world was like because you've made all the lore and what the world is like so you can more in that sense relate to it where I feel like especially with ours I wouldn't know how to do it I think it's 
it's more like a time related thing so like sci-fi and fantasy to an extent it's it's not so bad because yeah you you have made a lot of the world you know I tried doing I started a book and maybe one day I'll finish it but it wasn't really calling to me so I set it aside and (laughs) but I started doing like a futuristic dystopian book and I think like it was just really hard to latch on to what the culture was of this place in the future yeah I just think third person allows that extra room of how you might visualize a culture but not necessarily have to go into the thought processes behind it as much as what you would in first person yeah. I think, uh, I guess, another thing to add is for this historical fiction book, we are also using multi-perspective again, uh, but very deliberately. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. We were thinking about using just one character and in limited the limited perspective. And because I think our historical fiction book, it's it's also like a quite a large political saga as well. And there's a lot of things happening yeah, we seem to be attracted yeah. to political. It's, a, it's political things. saga. Um, it's, I guess, quite thriller esque. And I don't, we could not have achieved what we wanted the readers to see with only one character. I just don't think it would have made sense, um, or at least it wouldn't have. We wouldn't be able to do the same things that we're doing now if we had stuck to one very specific view. I think it would have made sense. It just wouldn't have encompassed. I think we wanted to portray the historical events more fully is really what we wanted to do. And if we only use this one character, we could only really show a small amount of what was happening rather than sort of show more sides of the equation. Yeah, and I think that being able to show the world well what was happening more fully creates a lot more it makes it a lot more dynamic that's the word I was looking for I was gonna say also um because we're able to show a lot more of what's going on now and more of the moving pieces I think we're going to be able to create a lot more I guess tension suspense and dramatic irony uh between all of our characters which yes yeah I at least hope might like give it give our book something a bit extra you know rather than just having our one character tell the story which so looking back I'm glad we've made this choice yeah yeah me too do we want to mention that it was supposed to be originally the first time we did it it was possibly god perspective yeah so I mean if we go sort of move on a little bit to omnipresent view we didn't purposefully do it I think we decided that we were going to do third person and then because it was so new to us at that point the third person I think we were trying we sort of mistakenly did it from an omnipresent viewpoint which just felt very unnatural it was just weird I'm just gonna put out there it was weird (laughs) I think it is a challenging perspective to attempt for any any writer and like there are people who do it very well but that isn't I am not one of those people (laughs) me neither I don't know if it's because we've written a lot in first person like a lot a lot in first person and then jumping to the god perspective probably I'm gonna say didn't vibe with us very well and we didn't like maybe we could have done a little bit of a better job of it 
if we tried it again on purpose, but I I also don't think it was a good fit for the novel we were trying to achieve either. I find it a little bit confusing. Yeah. <laughs> just jumping between characters' heads because I'm like, who's whose head am I in now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think some people quite naturally just like flow through like characters' heads, but for me, I'd I'd probably be like breaking it down into like paragraphs, like this person's head and that person's head would be very confusing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, in preparation for this, I did go back this podcast. I went back we and read some of our original chapters for this book. Anyway, so we, we only made it about eight chapters through, but I was having a quick read. And I felt like looking back at it, I didn't think our protagonist, that like we connected very well with our protagonist. I feel I, I didn't care. No. It didn't make me care enough for him. I was kind of like, this is a bit strange. And also he seems a bit, it just didn't sit right. However, I did think that it allowed us to explore some of the motives of our other characters quite well, which now yes. we don't have. Yeah, because I remember that first sort of prologue, first chapter thing was it started off in one character's and it went to like a different character, the character's wife. And so it kind of explored his and her viewpoint, which was mm-hmm. interesting. But. So we don't have that anymore, but I to be honest, I think it's fine because you don't need to know every single character's motivations. I don't think. I like that no. as a reader, you can try and guess sort of what they're thinking. Like, why have they done this? And then mm-hmm. be able to, I guess, present it later on. In probably a conversation. Lens a bit more mystery. Well, I guess that kind of touches on some of the pros and cons, though. So I guess the big pro for yeah. the god perspective is word world building right yes yeah so you can get more of an eagle eagle eye perspective on the world mm-hmm. and it's really set the scene of where these characters are which to be fair is a little especially for us it's a, is a little bit challenging with this current novel because obviously ancient greece is a big mm-hmm. place there are a lot of really complex relationships between city states and everything so we're obviously limited, having to limit a lot of what we put out there into more bite-sized pieces and kind of drip feed the information out through various different ways, dialogue yeah, yeah. and um, all sorts, because we can't just, you know, do a weird God perspective. Like, this is what's happening right now on my little tabletop game of all of these pieces. There's a, there's a great quote. I heard it on the Story Grid podcast, and I'm not sure who originally quoted it, but because I know they were quoting someone else. <laughs> but it's, it says to use exposition as ammunition. So rather than give all your exposition at once, you want to like hold back stuff and then, yeah, drip feed like you were saying, so that readers don't feel like all this. Um, exposition is being forced onto them and then instead you bring it out at key moments like oh he noticed this and he had a sudden realization or I don't know (laughs) but you know yeah so I I think that's kind of how we're we're treating our yeah our third person limited viewpoint more but I mean there are situations where omnipresent would be useful more useful yeah um I guess another advantage is you can follow the story of multiple characters at once if you want. You can 
really jump around the world that you've created and explain pretty much if you want to right from the start how are these how all of these things are connected with their points of view and everything which I guess if you're using a limited perspective the only real way to achieve that is to use multiple perspectives I guess Mm -hmm. yeah we purposely have I think limited ourselves to only three perspectives for our uh, historical fiction novel and very purposefully chosen them as well I think to put our story across we debated quite a few different characters like should we use this character or that character and I'm quite happy with the ones we settled on I think it'll give a really good picture of what's happening yeah I guess our our teen fiction has a lot more perspectives (laughs) yes we tried to take one out we did but then the beta readers not that they'd they even knew that that perspective was ever in there but they noted a gap where that person's perspective would have been in some ways they were like why don't we hear from this person so then we had to put them back in (laughs) I guess um that (laughs) we were like clearly she was meant to be in there from the beginning (laughs) I guess that kind of is one element that is a I guess, a con for first person versus third person uh, is that I guess if you're in first person, you can be fairly certain if you're only using one perspective that your character is surviving, generally speaking. Otherwise, unless it's like from the grave, but. Yeah. Whereas with multiple perspective or third person, then, well, even, even third person though, unless it's at the end of the book, if you, unless you have more than one character. We find like with the multiple perspective, you can kill off characters, like yeah. main, fairly main characters and surprise readers. So <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> possibly anger them. Definitely. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not that we've angered any readers, I don't think, although. James is pretty upset. James is probably upset. James is pretty upset. He kept thinking <laughs> yeah. they were coming back. It's doing one of those things, oh, no, it's, a, it's she, they haven't actually died. They haven't actually died. This is a real life thing. Come on. We don't deal with reincarnations. Although James does appreciate uh, our teen fiction, how we are not afraid to just kill off characters whenever we feel like it. He was like, from the start, he's like, you just kill them off and you don't see it coming. He's like, any character could be gone. (laughs) I don't know who's going to be next. Watching... um... Bro- well, we have just finished watching the Broken Wood oh, yeah. series. We're waiting for the next season to come out. I don't know if you've I seen any of it. I haven't. It's so hilarious, but it's it's a New Zealand um, cop like crime drama. Yeah, it'll probably drive you insane because there's so many inconsistencies. It drives me insane <laughs> sometimes. But <laughs> it is amazing and it's very funny. But because they're like investigating at least one murder per episode and it's all set in like this tiny town oh, in no. oh no no one's safe and like you get some characters who have been there like for ages and then they're just randomly <laughs> off. i like it but it was it was great anyways sorry just had to to put that in there i'll go back to to the point with omnipresent yeah. in my mind I think it depends what kind of person you are as to whether you're going to do this viewpoint well. I remember having a discussion with my sister once about just how we view like the layout of the streets because we're talking about when we were living in Auckland we were talking about the layout and she 
was a person who views it from a more sort of eagle eye perspective of oh, all the streets are linked up like this and she's viewing it like looking down on it whereas I'm a person who I sort of memorize what it looks like as I'm like walking down or driving down the street and whether I take a left or a mm-hmm. right and I might use landmarks to familiarize myself with where I am and so for me trying to think in that that sort of god's eye perspective just really doesn't work very well and so maybe maybe that's a good metaphor for whether you might be that type of person or maybe not (laughs) I'm, I'm much like you Sarah when I think about you know where I am I'm never looking from above I've always just memorized I'm on this street which means this if I look between those houses the other street's going to be running beside me and if I you know and up ahead is the sky tower which means you know wherever wherever I'm going is behind me stuff like that not looking you know not yeah. looking from above yeah. like a map I guess yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I could I could do um god perspective very well maybe one day I also don't know if I'm the kind of person who would write a novel that would really um you know, where the God perspective would be the best way to tell it, if that makes any sense. I feel like the stories that I choose, I really like being limited. So the readers can't know everything and being able to hide things or use that to tell a story. I feel like that's more what I just personally, personally prefer. Mm -hmm. But maybe that will change one day. Who knows? Yeah, I think with my um, nursing and having studied a bit of psychology and stuff I quite like being inside the characters heads a bit Mm -hmm. more (laughs) so I think that naturally trends me towards liking limited third person or first person but yeah anyways um is there anything else that you wanted to add to that not really no I think I'm I think I'm good what about you I'm good. I'm keen to move on to mistakes of the month. It's got some good ones this time. Would you like to go first? Oh dear. <laughs> Righty. So the first one I have, like all of them this time came from edits from my own novel because I was going through editing. But this one was, was gave me a little laugh, which is I tried to throw off the feeling and calm my racing heart with a shake of me head. <laughs> Which comes off weirdly Scottish or something. With a shake of me head. I can't do a Scottish accent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like it. It was great. I like how it's also just thrown in there. Like it seems normal. And then they kind of become Scottish at the end. I know. It's great. <laughs> do you want to do one of yours? <laughs> sure. So all of mine are from our current historical fiction novel. Just pretty much ones that I found when I've read over things that I've written to try and, you know, you know, either edit or send to Sarah. So one of the really amusing ones I found, I had many screamed the lyrics to words Simon had never heard of. (laughs) It survived many read throughs. Obviously it's meant to be songs. (laughs) Scream the lyrics to words. (laughs) It's really good. I enjoyed that one. I had a good laugh. A good laugh. <laughs> well, maybe he hasn't heard of those words. Yeah, well, possibly. <laughs> he is in Greece, but he does speak Greek, so it's unlikely. So another one that I had was 
Sorry, I mutter, my face turning away and backing into my room. (laughs) I didn't spot that one for quite some time. And then I was like, my face turning away? I'm just imagining someone's face leaving and then just like trotting off and the person's kind of standing there looking like one of those really creepy dolls that had its like eyes wiped off. Exactly. I was like, what is going on here? Trots into a bedroom. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Right. So another one I found, it was uh, two tear lines ran down her dust coasted face. (laughs) That one also took a lot to find. I was like, hmm, the dust Dust coast. I like it. (laughs) the dust dust coasted it kind of rhymes as well so when you look at it it's the s's kind of merge into one so you don't notice it (laughs) and the one that i had i shrug on some clean boxes and a loose tea on autopilot i don't know how you shrug on boxes i'm just gonna say i was trying to imagine that i I don't i don't see it it's like putting it over your head as well as a t-shirt or something it's like yeah, I'm just going to wear it all on the top. I was like through one leg, through one leg and like trying to like sh- like shimmy it down onto your body. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> Makes me think of like Mr. Bean, you know, the episode where he's trying to get changed into his, I don't know if you've ever watched Mr. Bean, but. I watched it a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. There's this, there's this episode where he, he's at the beach and then he notices someone there and he, he wants to get changed into his swimming costume. So then he's trying to pull his pants off and like <laughs> keep the uh, swimsuit on over top and <laughs> speedos. Anyways, <laughs> you had, did you have any more? Yeah. So uh, the next one I found was when he neared her, he rambled an apology with a question mark. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> don't know I must have accidentally hit it or something but I was like oh my god well I'm not sure whether I should be apologizing for this so <laughs> or is this an apology and then whatever he says after that but yeah like, oh my god <laughs> what was your do you have you had another one yes this one was brilliant and I had to tell Ashley ahead of time which often we save these just for a good laugh on the podcast but <laughs> this one I could not hold back he stared at me through flared nostrils how did that even happen i was uh thinking about people when they're like quite worked up yeah and i was thinking about like pinpoint pupils and flared nostrils i started writing like the pinpoint pupils but then i reorganized it because i was uh, i just got it all muddled up and then (laughs) somehow the flared nostrils came out instead of the pinpoint pupils and then I wasn't happy with the pinpoint pupils or flared nostrils anyway so I deleted the whole lot but he stared at me through flared nostrils I love it (laughs) I'm just imagining like little eyes and someone's nose (laughs) and instead of blinking they have to like flare their nostrils so they can see (laughs) that's great You had one more, right? I do have one more. This was uh, oh, probably almost near the end. Recent. I'm going to go like from like two days ago, maybe. So it's, he rested his hand against Helene's hose to keep his balance, his vision swimming, instead of horse. I just realized that. I was like, well, what's this thing? And then I was like, oh, it's supposed to be horse. horse? <laughs> it's meant to be horse. Helen's hose. Sounds really dodgy. I know. Oh, oh my God. I don't even, especially, did they have hoses in ancient Greece? Likely not. 
No, I don't think they did. <laughs> Unless you're talking about something else entirely. <laughs> Which is very confusing in this sentence. Yes. Anyways. Yes, anyways. <laughs> if anyone else has any mistakes of the month, please, please send them in. We would love to read them and share them. Just because yep. everyone makes mistakes and why not have it bring joy to other people? You could make someone's day. Yeah. You could make someone's day. <laughs> yeah, but yes, we all make mistakes. So yeah, please send them through um, if anyone finds anything particularly hilarious. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. So we still have some spots in the Be Featured section of the author spotlight for our podcast. So if you would like to be on that as well, then go to our website at lindersoncreationist.com, hover your mouse or click on the podcast tab at the top and it should give you a scroll down menu which has the be featured listed under there. And yeah, then fill in the form. We'll get back to you. Uh, might not necessarily be immediately because we are doing the episodes like one a month so you know it's probably better I think for you and us if we uh, record them closer to the time because mm, definitely more relevant I think yeah you're not advertising things from like months some something you've done like months ago <laughs> but yeah so if you want to be on the show with us we'd love to have you here yes so what do we have next time on Dear Rider, Ashley? Right, so our next episode is the second installment of our Creative Life mini-series. And we'll be talking about a day in the life of Ashley and Sarah. Yes. Which should be a good conversation. You can see how we organize our time with our busy schedules and how we make time to do all of our writing projects. Yeah. But yeah, so I hope, I really hope you guys enjoyed today's talk. And if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you, we're also pretty active on social media. So check us out on Instagram or Facebook, which is also under Lindison Creations. And rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use. And yeah, we will catch you next time, next week. Happy writing, everyone. <laughs>